Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and co-host, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. We're going to have a special segment today. Normally, we're talking about car reviews and trends in the industries, but it's the summertime, and we're both animal lovers, as our wives are as well. And every year, you hear tragic stories about animals and, of course, children being left in cars. So we're going to speak today with Dan Karen, who is a senior analyst for PETA. Uh, and Dan, uh, welcome to our program. Could you give us uh, an overview of PETA's uh, guidelines to uh, animals, of course, and children in cars, particularly as it gets warmer in the summer months? We're seeing rising temperatures everywhere. It's, we're, we're into the hottest part of the summer in a lot of parts of the country um, and getting there in other parts of the country. And so as the, as the temperatures begin to rise every year at PETA, the same thing, um, we see animals being left in, in, in hot cars. And unfortunately, a lot of dogs perish um, from being left in these hot dogs. We see um, dogs dying in hot cars every single year. Um, last year, it, it was there was over there was over a hundred animals in, in the in the last two years, um, and that's just what's getting reported. So yes, we know sure. that those numbers we know those numbers are much higher. Um, but the but the bottom line is uh, animals and and children for that matter um, can quickly succumb to heat stroke uh, if they're left in a parked car in, in warm weather, and a lot of people think that parking in the shade. And, and or cracking a window is enough, but it's not. Um, you know, these te- these cars being left out in the summer, um, the temperature can climb above 100 degrees in, in just a few minutes, and it turns a, a parked car into a death trap, literally, for anyone that's left inside of that. Um, you know, and that's that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be seem super hot when you get out of the car, or that the car has to be in direct sunlight. Just um, when the temperature's in the 70s, uh, you know, a parked car temperature inside gets over 100 degrees in minutes. Um, so it's really important for people to be talking about this, really important for people to be on the lookout for, for dogs um, and children, of course, mm-hmm. left in cars, um, and to know what to do, uh, to know what the laws are, um, to act on this, and, and to most importantly just educate people about this and talk about this. Yeah, I think it's important too, Dan. Um, I know in this state, in California, there's there are laws now, and I know our neighboring state, Nevada, has actually you know there's criminal sanctions for leaving animals in in uh, cars. Does every state have laws? Do you know, or is it just are we the exception out here in California and Nevada? California has some, has some pretty good laws. Um, it, it varies from state to state on how specific the law is for leaving uh, animals in the car. Um, but most states, if, if not all of them, have, have some type of law that says that you can't, um, that it's against the law to like endanger the health or well-being of an animal. And, you know, when you're leaving them in a car, uh, a lot of times that is. Of course, it can get tricky with you know, some people thinking that it's dangerous when some people don't think it's dangerous. But sure. we know that it's dangerous because we see every year we see dogs 
dying in cars. So it's one of those things that's just really easy to avoid in the first place by just never leaving a dog in a parked car. Yeah, I agree. Do, do you know, does PETA, do they sort of lobby on the, the local and state level to, to get these laws in place, do you know? Or what is PETA's, how do they, they, they provide education and provide like, you know, talking to you right now, but what does PETA do? Right, yeah, that's a great question. So PETA gets involved in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but one of them is by sending out um, PSAs. Uh, we, we send them to a lot of local news outlets, um, especially when we, you know, we keep an eye on the temperatures. So when we know when it's getting extra hot, um, we send this out to different radio stations and, and uh, news, whether that's print or online. Um, we send information to the Weather Channel about it. Um, we've, 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 we've gotten a lot of pretty big companies that own like those big um, uh, like shopping plazas and shopping malls to actually run our ads where we have like these, these um, posters that talk about the dangers of leaving dogs in parked cars. We've had a lot of, we've been fortunate to have a lot of celebrity endorsement. Um, so we've had celebrities get on board with this campaign and then it helps when they're on a popular TV show um, to be able to put up these ads. Um, like Kristen Ritter, for example, did a, did a great PSA for us. And so then um, we ran that all over on billboards, printed it up on leaflets. Um, and we encourage people to go to PETA.org and uh, check out our merchandise site where you can, you can get leaflets to leave on cars. Um, you can get posters sent to you that, that talk about the dangers of leaving dogs in cars. And we encourage people to hang those up in local spots at, at, at shopping malls and, and, and supermarkets and stuff like that. Um, and you can even buy... Um, we sell for really cheap. We sell uh, like a, um, a sun visor that goes in the windshield of your car and obviously keeps your car cool, but it also has the message on it that it's that it's not safe to leave dogs in hot cars. I, I had forgotten that uh, idea of the leaflets and um, you mentioned the sunscreen, but I, I uh, sunshade. I've I've seen those in previous years. And I think that's a great idea, and I'm I, I'd like to stress that. Uh, what, what a nice concept, and it leads into another question. Uh, Bruce and I were talking about it before we started our conversation about, I'm assuming it's state to state, so you're, you're at a shopping mall, you're at the corner market, you're you know, at a brew pub, whatever, and you see uh, a dog or a cat or a child, for that matter, in, in a car, and um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard about stories where a member of the public will smash a window or do something to get the, either the animal or the child out of there, and then you know, worry about the consequences later. So what's what's PETA's guidelines in terms of the public taking action if they come upon a situation like this? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, in any incident, in any instance when an, when an animal's in danger, the bottom line is should be to help and save the animal, get them out of danger, and then and then worry about consequences or how to sure. how things should have been handled. Yes. But you know, so many of these situations can can be avoided, um, and and there's there is proper ways to handle it. Um, you know, we encourage people that if they see a dog in, in a parked car, um, take down the car's information, the, the make, model, and year, and all that, and the license plate. And a lot of times you're seeing this in like smaller stores or something where people think that it's safe and okay to just run in real quick and leave their dog in the car. So you can go in there 
uh, and and have them paged and stores we're seeing that across the country the stores are really helpful in these situations and you know as soon as you explain what's going on um where most people will help get the people paged um but you really want to leave someone with the dog too to make sure that someone is by the car that the dog is in at all times and if the store's not taking action or the people's people are not coming out right away don't hesitate to call the humane authorities um you know call your animal control or your police and commit to not leaving that situation until that dog is safe and and since the laws do vary so much state to state it's it's good to know those state laws um like you said in, in california they have some pretty good laws um that are that we see enforced pretty well so where people are not leaving dogs in cars um and in most places, well, in some places, it's, it is completely illegal to leave them unattended in a motor vehicle under any conditions. Um, so, it's, so it's good to know your local laws, um, to, to, to encourage people to find out what those laws are. And if there's not laws in place, uh, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but to contact their legislators to get laws put in place. This is one of those things that, uh, fortunately, it, we get a lot of support on where people... You know, it's kind of hard to argue against this because dogs die every single year of heat stroke and left in cars. So people who don't have laws in their town can contact their legislators and get them on the books. My wife is one of these people who takes action. Uh, I've seen her do it several times for the dogs in the car. And, uh, yeah, she's had really good luck with, with all the merchants that, that she's had to deal with. And uh, it, it's always worked out well, just just contacting the merchants. But boy, I bet I would, she would love to have these leaflets. I'll have to find that online and see see what you got going there. Yeah, we're gonna call you back after the maybe the podcast, and, and we'll uh, if there's a way to get some, we'll we'll make sure at least in Sacramento that I like as I mentioned, I'd forgotten that. But what a great idea to to do that and just keep them in your car and when you're driving around and and uh, be kind of like a community ambassador for the, for the program. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we encourage everyone to do that. Anyone can go to, to PETA.org and, um, you know, request leaflets and, and posters, and we send those to people uh, free of charge all the time because the most important thing is getting the info out there. So um, if people need them and can't afford them or whatever, um, we're happy to send those out because, you know, we see it every year um, that this happens to dogs, and it's, and it's just one of those things that is so easy to avoid because the, it, we, we just need to get the information out there to everyone. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and, and it, it's also important to, to know the signs of heat stroke in a dog. Um, you know, if, they're, if they seem very agitated, heavy panting, um, acting lethargic, um, you know, a lot of times their tongue will turn darker color. Um, of course, if they're vomiting or, or you know, are, are passed out or anything, you're gonna know, but um, good to know those signs of heat stroke. And, uh, and good to know what you can do while you're getting the dog to the vet um, to get treatment. But that's, you know, getting, obviously getting them into shade to lower their body temperature, uh, providing water for them to drink, putting cold towels on them, um, you know, or cold water if you don't have towels, getting cold water on them. Not freezing cold, that can cause other issues if they're already hot, but um, getting cool water on them, in them, um, and then getting them to a vet as soon as possible. I was. I think I was reading Dan the um, press release that PETA put out recently, or it could have been another organization's. But I think that the information was similar. That what really surprised me is that how quickly uh, there were some statistics included about how 
the temperature can go up. If it's 80 degrees outside, the inside of that car can be 100. And it was pretty shocking just how quick it was. Can you um, enlighten us with some of those stats on how quickly the temperature rises in a car that uh, where the windows are closed? Or even if they're not. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. It is. It is. It's, it's staggering how, how quick it um, heats up in that car. So um, what, some of the tests that, that, that have been done show that on a 78-degree day, the temperature inside a car, inside a parked car, it, within just a few minutes, two, two or less minutes, can get over 100 degrees. Wow. Uh, and in a 90-degree day, um, we saw temperatures getting up to 110 in the car in less than 10 minutes. Um, so all of those uh, temperatures are, are, can provide for a dangerous situation. Uh, that's getting hot fast enough um, in, in a small amount of time that that, that can cause serious, serious problems. Um, another thing, too, that, that, that has been done late recently is people have been doing tests. This is something people don't think about, um, but that uh, asphalt temperatures can get can rise really quick too and it's important this time of year to remember for people taking their dogs out for walks and stuff that um you know hot sidewalks and pavement um, those temperatures can get well over 100 degrees too we're like we're talking 130 140 degrees um and the dogs will walk on them and then we're seeing burns on their on their paws so obviously not uh, as much of an emergency serious situation as the dogs dying left in cars but also something to think about for people who um, are taking their dogs outside in this kind of heat. Yeah, dogs' paws are pretty tough, but but not that tough. So, yeah, that's a good one to remind you too that uh, you know people come home from work and their dog has to go out and go to the bathroom or they need some exercise, but it may be too hot at five o'clock to walk on the asphalt right. for very far. They should, the dog's going to walk on the. Hopefully, it, there's a lawn to walk on, and some neighbors wouldn't mind so much. Um, that the dog does that, and they have to carry their their pooper scooper bag. But um, that's another story. Right. Yeah, that's another story. Yeah. Um, uh, Dan, other than uh, other than dogs, obviously people. Some people have cats. They have what a friend of mine calls pocket animals. Um, are you finding that the situation is is across dogs might be the most um, difficult area, but uh, obviously it would pertain to other animals as well. And have you had situations where unfortunately there's been cats or or other animals involved? Birds. Birds, whatever. Yeah. Yes, we have. Um, yeah, and, uh, you, you know, it, 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 we see it with all animals. It, you know, dogs are the ones that are the most commonly reported. Yes. Um, but in, in 2016, um, I, I was looking over the numbers, and 44 animals were reported um, of dying. Most of them were dogs, but um, there was five kittens in that mix. Mm -hmm. Um five cats and uh so we we know that it's happening uh, and we and again those numbers when those numbers are getting reported we know that they're far far higher than that that's mm -hmm. just that's just where people are aware of the situation mm -hmm. in fact um you know one of the one of the recent psa programs that we've launched um it's called jenny's project and that is was specifically was launched in memory of a dog who was left in a hot car um, but Jenny was the second dog left in a hot car by the same 
um, guardian. And that, you know, this person was well-intentioned um, and, and cared for their animals, but um, just made some very, you know, costly mistakes. Um, and that's, and, and, the, and the only reason the second one was reported was because he went to the vet and then his vet contacted authorities because it was the second time it had happened. Um, yes. Wow. So, how does it so, happen twice? So it just kind of gives you an idea of how much this is happening and probably not getting reported. Yes. Dan, wow. I have a, a, a little bit of a curve to, to throw you, but it's, it's involving PETA. Could, could you just provide us an, an overview? Um, I think it's safe to say that people have differing, differing opinions about PETA. Um, personally, I think you know PETA is a wonderful organization, and but it can be a polarizing uh, organization to some people. So, what, what what can you tell us about PETA and and uh, in specifically what you do for PETA and and what you'd like to say about the organization? Yeah, that's a great question, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because you know PETA does see a, a, a lot of unfair press on us, and so we're always happy to discuss. The issues. Um, so, you know, PETA is, we're an abolitionist organization, and, you know, our ultimate goal is complete animal liberation. So mm. we, we fight for animals who are being exploited um, for entertainment, which would be like circuses and stuff. Yes. Um, or animals in the food industry, when people are eating animals. Um, what What is referred to by us as the skins industry, where people are wearing animals, whether that's fur or, or leather. Um, and vivisection issues were, were being tested on. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of issues that affect people in a lot of ways. Yes. And one of the reasons um, PETA has, has gotten so much attention and become such a polarizing topic in, in, in organization is because we've been so effective um, in, in creating change for animals. And, you know, the industries that, that we are up against um, are making billions and billions of dollars exploiting and or killing animals and um you know, when you go up, when you go up against something like that it, you're going to get a lot of bad press because they launch campaigns against you to try to smear your name um and but all of the issues are things that that we are happy to discuss um because you know we know that once the, the facts are out there and the truth is there um people overwhelmingly choose to make compassionate decisions. You know, the overwhelming majority of people care about animals and care about how they're treated. So um, we're really proud of the work we're doing. And, um, you know, I know that the negative press comes along with that, but, but we definitely view it as a sign of our success and our effectiveness. Yes. Uh, how does zoos fit into this? Are you against zoos? You know, PETA, like I said, we're an abolitionist organization, so so we're against um, exploiting animals in any way. Um, and, and our you know our ultimate goal is for for people not to be exploiting them, and and that includes uh, putting them on display for them to view. Um, so we don't want to see animals in any type of captivity. Now, because people have been exploiting animals for so long. Um, and putting them on display. There's some situations and a lot, you know, some zoos out there who are taking in either rescued animals or animals, you know, who wouldn't be able to go live back in the wild. Um, so there's, sure. there's, there's certain situations um, where people are doing, at least trying to do the right thing, if not exclusively doing the right thing. But, but at the end of the day, you know, PETA 
is against um, keeping animals in captivity. You know, we, we, we have an entire division that's devoted um, to captive animals, and uh, we see so much of it um, from, from roadside zoos to, you know, pseudo-sanctuaries, traveling shows, um, circuses, and, uh, and we advocate for people not to support places like that. The easiest way to, to, to kind of get active and to help those animals is to not support them because they're all in the business of turning a profit. And whenever people are trying to turn a profit from animals, that's when the businesses get ugly and we can see abuse uh, and death and then, um, you know, Pete has to get involved. So, so yeah, we're, we're against all animals in captivity. Sure, I, I see. And certainly captivity of a hot car, so <laughs> that's getting, right. getting back to that topic. <laughs> that's right. So, so Absolutely. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll come back to that, Dan, and, and um, could you just kind of give us a good summary of, um, if I'm understanding correctly, uh, that even a cracked window is no good, uh, even if you leave, I mean, leaving water for an animal is, is better than not leaving water, but, but that, isn't, that doesn't uh, help the problem as much as people might think it does. So basically, you, you bring your animal, uh, don't leave the animal in the car, plain and simply, if, if the window's cracked or not cracked, and if you have water or not water. So could you uh, summarize what PETA's um, stance is on this for us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, children and dogs both can can sustain the heat stroke very quickly. Um, it, it just takes a short amount of time for those temperatures to rise in the dangerous areas. Um, so the bottom line is never leave anyone unattended in a car for any reason. Um, these deaths happen every year, and yet these deaths are easily preventable. So we just encourage people to continue advocating. Um, against leaving dogs or, or children or any animals in cars. Uh, know the signs of heat stroke in animals. Uh, know how to, what to do. Know how to handle it so that when you see this happening, you can jump in right away and, and be a superhero for those animals. And, and oftentimes, situations literally in that moment save an animal's life. Um, and to know the laws in your state um, so that you can talk to people about those. And if there's not laws, uh, getting get in contact with your legislators to get those laws in place. That's great, Dan. We want to thank you for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Thanks, Podcast. Man. You have a, a wealth of knowledge and information, and I, I'm particularly grateful that you reminded us about those pamphlets and flyers and posters you can get. I can't wait to get a stack of them to start. Uh, my wife needs them. <laughs> We're going to distribute those. We're going to do our best with those. So we want to thank Dan, Dan Karen from PETA for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Don't forget to visit PETA's website. There's a, uh, lots and lots of information about animals on there in all different areas, and we really appreciate uh, what the organization does. Thanks for visiting uh, theweeklydriver.com, my website. Um, please contact us if you have any suggestions or comments on our podcast. For Bruce Aldrich, I'm James Rea. Thanks for joining us, and thanks again, Dan. We appreciate your help today. Thank you, Dan. My pleasure. Thanks, James and Bruce, for talking about this important topic. Appreciate it. Have a nice day, sir. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.